Welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. I'm Shang Peng, Editor-in-Chief of San Jose Hockey Now. You can also find my work at MEC Sharks and at Twitter, uh, Chang underscore Peng. And I'm Key McNally. You can find me on Twitter at halfwall underscore hockey at my website, half-wallhockey.com or at San Jose Hockey Now. Shang, what do we got this week? Got a very exciting show. We have Chris Peters. Everyone knows him. Angel Giraffe, Prospects Analyst for Flow Hockey, who gives an honest unflinching look at San Jose Sharks prospects that performed at the World Juniors. There are Sharks prospects that he likes a lot and some he doesn't like so much. It's an excellent interview with Chris. It was uh, awesome to, to pick his brain a little bit about what he saw on the ice. Keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, keeping it real. Um, but there is a lot of hype in there. So, may you know, not as much hype as we give, I think, but there is some hype <laughs> in there for sure. Um, we've got a few topics today. We're going to cover just the... Um, the losses and the wins this week, uh, the win, I should say, uh, we're going to cover a Chemileski trade rumor, uh, Weisblatt undergoing surgery, Gushin being an AHL all-star. And then finally, uh, Shang has a topic on, uh, David Quinn and a, um, some thoughts about his, uh, recent coaching, um, struggles or, um, coaching challenges is a good way to put that. Uh, but first... I'm wearing a jersey this week because the Sharks won a game. <laughs> Sharks won a game. They they ended their 12-game losing streak against Montreal this week, and I don't know when else I'm going to be able to wear a jersey if they go on another 12-game losing streak. So that's why I'm wearing a jersey this week. So congratulations, Sharks, for not uh, continuing towards um, losing. Well, it'll help that, that they're going to play uh, Buffalo and then Chicago next, um, and then that they played Ottawa tonight because uh, mm-hmm. if if uh, that was Toronto they were playing, they wouldn't have been close to overtime. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, yeah, so this was an interesting week. I am happy also because the Sharks won a game, but also because they lost in dramatic fashion against Ottawa, which helps the tankathon. I'm not so happy about the Sharks losing 7-1 to against Toronto. That was some of the worst hockey I've seen in a while. Um, but let's start there. Let's start recapping a little bit about these games. What did you see this week from the Sharks? Well, it was a uh, intense uh, high and low. Uh, I was in Toronto. I was in Montreal. I was not in uh, Ottawa. Um, Toronto was as bleak. Uh, a, a bleak point in the season that we've been going back yep. even to the 10 spot games. Uh, Quinn called it uh, arguably the worst game start to finish from the Sharks, which you can make that argument. Um, the Vancouver Pittsburgh 10 spot losses, there might have been even more hope. I remember the Pittsburgh actually that game, they actually played pretty well in the first period, even though they're down to zero, funny enough. Mm-hmm. But, um, but anyway, it was it was it was a bleak scene in Toronto. So it was it was not it was yeah. it was it was not it, it was not pleasant uh, to be around. It did uh, inspire, I thought, uh, one of my uh, uh, better sort of game game stories uh, uh, this season, uh, where it just sort of I just thought about just how uh, each of these sort of um, uh, rock bottom losses uh, was preceded by games that they should have won or they played some really good hockey. Uh, the Pittsburgh Vancouver games, of course, were preceded by a loss to the Capitals in Washington game nine mm-hmm. of the season, which up to that point was, uh, was the Sharks best game of the season. And the, the, the Toronto, uh, the two Toronto games, right. They were preceded by 
um, game uh, or lost uh, lost nine of the streak was Detroit, where, where they mm-hmm. actually thoroughly outplayed Detroit that game. That should have been a win. And loss number 10 was Winnipeg. And they got off to a slow start against the Jets. But then uh, from like uh, the end of the last five minutes of the first period on for 45 minutes, basically, uh, they, they they competed. They played toe to toe against the best team at the time, uh, the team with the best record in, in the league in, in the Jets. And to lose those games, not to get, get a point out of those games, right? It's got to really kind of knock you for a loop. And you get that feeling that the best, you can do the best that you can, and it's not going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, throws you, you know, throws you down another kind of dark place, too, where it's like, well, what's sort of the, the, the point of trying? And so that's what we kind of saw in the Toronto, in, in, in the Toronto game, um, the Toronto game in Toronto. Uh, the Montreal game was was a nice bounce back, and I wrote extensively about it. Finally, got some good hockey uh, yeah. from the Sharks, so I wrote twelve hundred words about it with, uh, uh, I think, like six or seven uh, video clips and gifts. I just was so hmm. so happy to write about good hockey for once. <laughs> you had to love bomb the Sharks because you, <laughs> you were. I just like, was. I just was happy. Finally. I was like, I, I yeah. saw this. I saw this, and then the next day I go into Ottawa for practice. I'm like, hey, Justin Bailey tell me about this. Hey, Kaylin Addison, tell me about this because I just was so, so pumped up, um, yeah. uh, to just write about good hockey, uh, for, for once. And then, uh, obviously in a season of negativity too. Um, yeah. uh, I'm sure, the, I'm sure the, the guys are happy to talk about something good and not about the being traded or the slump they were in or why they're not scoring and uh, whatever. Right. That the usual, topics mm-hmm. around around the sharks so um so even though they followed up that game with uh, ottawa um and not a great effort against ottawa read that story about uh, uh about their win against montreal i think there's a lot of clips and um i think it's uh, one of those kind of things that when the sharks are good again those are the kind of stories that that, that you'll see more about four lines doing well yeah. um each pairing doing something uh something uh strong to contribute uh, to to a victory things like that mm-hmm. you know total team effort right which we haven't got a lot from the sharks this year um yeah the uh iconic um ferraro and uh uh was blackwood um like tilting oh yeah yeah the, yeah you know i've got to ask about that yeah it's such I, a I good actually, moment like yeah, on the broadcast myself, it was like yeah. it was a very like poignant look at like just how exhausted they were at the end of mm-hmm. that game and just how much they had to hold on to get that one victory and it was yeah. it was it was a good it was a good look for ferraro it really was it, it looked like he was like the heart and soul guy on that team plus the goalie but yeah yeah and um, i mean he, he has been right like that was a big story mm-hmm. after that game uh uh ferraro organizing a team dinner the 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 uh the day before the night before the montreal game and that was a big point of emphasis of, of, of his, even after the Toronto game. And he talked about um, just just feeling good, just starting with uh, feeling good with each other off the ice, feeling good with each other on the ice. Um, and that how that can lead to 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 good hockey. Um, yeah. And, you know, if we want to talk about it practically, the nuts and bolts of it, I mean, I think it's just it could be as simple as like maybe you'll play a little bit harder if you like if you care about the guy next to you, if you like the guy next to you a little more, I mean, <laughs> yeah. maybe, you know, uh, maybe we're yeah. we'll just a little more willing to get down there and block a shot and that, that, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. I, I liked that game a lot. I was happy after it. I mean, they, uh, they needed it. I think, oh, uh, yeah, even yeah, though yeah. It, it turns into a, a point where 
in, in losing seasons where you, you as a fan you're like god they gotta lose every single game because like they have to get the number one overall pick but sometimes you really just need that one like good moment because this this group is rough right now um, yeah they are on pace uh um for the worst points percentage in the cap era which is um uh, pretty ugly <laughs> worse know, even than the 2019-20 uh red wings uh, we've debated this before is is are they that bad or or maybe they i'm are. gonna talk about know. that in a second yeah that's that's yeah. actually part of what i'm gonna talk about with uh with with quinn and yeah. uh sort of um uh just during times like these, obviously during a losing streak, Toronto, you read a lot of stuff mm-hmm. about, oh, you know, it's Quinn, Quinn's fault. You got to fire Quinn. Um, and I, I, I'm going to weigh, I'm going to weigh balance kind of all those things. I'm I actually, uh, I'm not going to just like uh, say no or poo poo those things. I, I just, I have a couple of sort of questions, uh, uh, I mm-hmm. guess, like sort of, uh, Questions I would ask all the fans uh, first, sure. and answer those questions, and then and then and then we can get a, get into well, is it is it a productive then to go with a new coach or not? So, yeah, it was a good game, especially because the Toronto game. I was so upset at the end of that game. <laughs> um, this Ottawa game, um, I don't know. It, there was some pluses and minuses. A lot of guys that needed goals got goals. Right. Um, they did lose in the last five seconds, which helps the tankathon. Pretty <laughs> yeah. excited about that. They didn't get to overtime. Didn't get overtime, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they for like a period and a half there, they were getting kind of shelled by a not a great team. The no, worst team no, in the East. no. Yeah, there so, was a there was a point in the second period that they were being outshot twenty to two, and mm-hmm. their two shots uh, in that second period were goals. <laughs> if it works, it works. But no, it, yeah, it just felt like it was gonna it was gonna be uh, untenable at that point in the second yeah. period. Um, but, uh, happy for Ferraro who also had a good game. I think these two games from him have been like his best games, I think this season, or at least some of the best hockey I've seen him play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, I think he's been good for a couple of months. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and, uh, in in the article about the, the winning hockey in Montreal, that one, Mm -hmm. that one game, that one shiny moment (laughs) in the The last month, (laughs) um, Quinn said specifically that. He 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 also agrees that that Ferraro's been a victim of of the plus minus that that's that's a team stat, mm-hmm. and people point to that uh, Ferraro is not a good defenseman for this because he is the uh, a number one defenseman on, on an awful team. Well, again, not his fault. He's the number one defenseman on on an awful team. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so yeah yeah I, I actually think overall by and large uh, this is some of the best hockey we've seen from him, and uh, mm-hmm. I yeah I'm gonna need a looking for positivity positively i'm gonna i'm gonna have to clip it up over the next uh, couple of months because it's all it's all my notes so i i I keep writing these things down there so for for, for me to find at the end of last year it was it looked really not great for Mm ferraro like he just did not play good hockey most of last year um and this one he is he stepping up and more more of a leadership role he's always been a leader in there but it seems like he he they're, they're looking for somebody and he's kind of becoming that a little bit he's on the power yeah. play now and looking good too well yeah i think i think uh the last couple of months obviously the more competent puck moving like now mm-hmm. it's like advanced at least last couple of months uh you know uh it's still more probably on the average it's not like incredible right but average sure. competent right and that then that combined with um i i think defensively um there there's still uh there are there have always been sort of the struggles of him doing too much, and I think that's always going to happen for especially for on a team like the Sharks. 
Um, but the same assets <clears throat> he had defensively that that uh, he's always had since the beginning. Just uh, I, I talked about a lot before his strength, his intensity, uh, his four way skating. Um, th- those those are there uh, every night with him, and so mm-hmm. um, I think uh, I, I think I think the big part of it is 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 that offense but also to overall maturity to maybe a little more patience which has informed his offense and his defense we need a um okay we've been doing in the beginning of the show is where it's the sharks are bad question mark sharks are good question mark we should have mm-hmm. a ferraro is good question mark <laughs> this, like segment of hey the I, I i i'm on i'm i'm on a ferraro train uh remember my my uh was it? my breakout shark was uh was Smart. ferraro getting to Getting to 20 points and a three assist night, it's going to get him there. So, <laughs> yeah. And the two, you said breakout candidates. I don't know if it was Ferrara that you chose for that. Maybe you did. No, that was my second half. Uh, that's I think it. That's my second breakout. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, two that, games in the second half have been. I think he has great. like four. Yeah. He has the, yeah. So that, yeah. Like I thought, I think, I think he was at 11 points. I was like, yeah, I think, I think this, this offensive stuff is real enough and like he's going to get mm-hmm. himself to like 20, 25 or something like that. So. There we go. After the start, might be, he might be traded. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. I I honestly think it's less and less likely that he is, just based on what the team is doing and how old he is right now. I, I don't think he will be. But oh, well, I would argue though that uh, because a lot of my argument before more value, was like but... like uh, yeah that if the puck movement is for real, then suddenly we are talking about a a well-rounded guy who maybe other people will see, uh, not just me, but other people will see as a middle pairing defenseman. Mm-hmm. And um, at his age, uh, if he a middle pairing defenseman at 25, that is, let's say he gets to a point where he can move the puck well enough that you can count on him for a good 25 points, 30 points, right? Obviously, he's not going to be a point per, per point per game guy, but sure. that's a really valuable player, actually. Um, and so yeah, then you can you can actually get a lot for him uh, at, uh, at 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 his at his cap hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, so I don't know if he keeps this up, suddenly maybe the offers will, will be real, uh, in, in there. Um, and I could be wrong with what I said, what, because this was when, uh, the, the puck moving wasn't quite uh, as obvious, you know, I, I had seen some good stuff there, better stuff, but bit, I didn't know yeah. if it was like, yeah. Uh, but I think, I think it, it's taken off a, a, a little bit, uh, recently for sure. And, um, and so in that case, if, if, if there's a, a case to be made that Mara Ferraro is a 30-point defensive, like, uh, shutdown, stalwart uh, defenseman, penalty-killing defenseman, that's that's pretty valuable. And that that could get you a, a first maybe easily, actually. So Yeah, it has to be the the right situation and a team that's going to shelter him in a, in a good role. But yeah. uh, you're right. Uh, he's not a terrible contract. Three years, 3.6 or something like that. No, I think two. it's two more years after this yeah. year, 3.25. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, it's terrible if he's a bottom pairing defenseman, which again, like I've, like I've emphasized that I don't think he is, but I've been told that by a number of scouts, people I trust. Mm-hmm. And so that's, so that's sort of the perception, but um, I think it is possible that over this last month, over the last two months that he is changing that perception. That league-wide I just, sort of uh, I don't know. I think I think my career holds on to him. Unless he gets blown away by an offer, but we'll see. That's uh, coming up. We have like a month away, month and a half away from mm-hmm. the trade deadline, something like that. Oh, it's going to be exciting. Um, <laughs> yeah, two, two, two months away, I guess. Uh, less than two months away. It's March 8th, so, but we're definitely uh, getting there. So This is a very good segue. We have a, a trade rumor, which we have every week, I think. <laughs> um, for Alexander Chemilevsky or Sasha yeah, Chemilevsky. Sasha Chemilevsky, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, he, if you don't know, was a former sixth round pick of the Sharks, I think in 2017. Um, if uh, you've been following the Sharks prospects for a while, he was kind of hyped up there with another CH prospect in Chekovic as like the new uh, age of the Sharks, neither of which really pl- played in the NHL for very long. Um, both of them ended up in Russia, which is where they're playing now in the KHL. Um, and he's been doing well. He played for Shakir Mugabadulin's old team, Salavat Ufa. Yeah, they were teammates um, last year. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for last year. Um, a very good team. And he's been, um, by all accounts, like their one or two center, um, getting like 20 minutes a night, putting up 43 points in 49 games, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, he's games. 10th in the KHL in scoring. That's not bad. Um, for a guy that, uh, Bopped around the AHL for a while, had a few NHL games there, looked okay at times, got some compliments from Logan Couture about his smarts. I remember that. Um, but then kind of uh, when he was not told that he wasn't going to get a role, but was like, hey, you don't have a guaranteed spot on this roster. It seems like he wanted to to jump ships to the KHL um, after that. So that we, myself included, kind of thought that might be it for the Alexander or the Sasha Chemileski, um story. But uh, a rumor came out today by Kevin Weeks that uh, teams are interested in signing him after this good year that he's had the KHL. Um, specifically, Vancouver was also mentioned as a, a possible landing spot. It was interesting they didn't say like the Sharks were interested. The rumor says like that <laughs> yeah. other teams were interested in his services, which is interesting to me because he's only 24. So that theoretically, the Sharks could use him as mm-hmm. like a, a young guy if they felt like he could be an NHLer. So I'm curious about that. Is there any hope that he comes back to the Sharks, or is it more like he's going to another team? You know? I'm trying to dig dig into that a little bit. Um, I I remember uh, from Sasha. I did remember, yes, a, a smart player, but who just couldn't skate, who couldn't keep yeah. up with the with the NHL. And I'm not sure. I've been well. I've been really watched him in the in the KHL, so I I couldn't tell you if that's improved or not. Uh, mm-hmm. If that has improved significantly, then sure. Uh, he's a, he is an NHL smart player. I think he he did show that in his time here. At least I believe I believe he is. Um, but if the skinny hasn't improved that much, then again, uh, then then maybe maybe uh, we're looking a little bit too much at sort of uh, inflated uh, KHL stats. Uh, we just went over like the top five KHL scorers now, right? Like Nikolai Godobin and Nikita Gusev's number one. It's mm-hmm. Godobin's number two, and names Jordan like that, Wheel right? Jordan Wheel's five. Uh, Maxim Latunov, everyone remembers Latunov, is yeah. ninth in the league in scoring. Um, so I don't I don't look at those points and. And, and get excited and, and say, oh, this guy should be in NHL, just looking at that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to look at those kind of those tools and what translates. And the brain does, I think, does translate. I did like that. Uh, but the skating, I wonder severely about. And so I do wonder how much interest there really is because mm-hmm. um, a can't skate center isn't useful on any team in this league. And That's fair. Yeah. so, yeah, so I, I don't know, but I, I don't, I, I don't want to put that label on Sasha because I haven't really seen him in the last couple of years. So maybe it's improved to where it's passable. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the NHL level, not, not, not at that level. So if it's, if it's gotten that, that level, then yeah, then, then, then there could, there could be some, uh, some interest in him. And also too, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't know why the Sharks wouldn't be interested in that, uh, except that maybe, they don't see that. They don't see that mm-hmm. potential in in his in his skating. So, 
Yeah, or there is a sour relationship there or something. I don't want to possibly. speculate on that. I don't. I don't possible. know. I don't know that for sure. But uh, yeah. I don't know if it's you know. I think what you said was a little speculative in terms of uh, why he went over there. I do remember there was a lot of forwards that, that he would lot, have to. Yeah. yeah, they were that. Uh, that was uh, um, last off season uh, Quinn's first year as coach, and yeah, it was a it was a lot of forwards who had to compete against a lot of sort of third fourth line types. Um, that 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 he would need to compete against, but uh, I I never heard that that he was ruled out or that um or or no whatnot. I think it was not that he was ruled out, but I think it was just that he after being so many years was probably expecting a more consistent role. But I don't I don't I don't know if if that's the the case with what happened that he expected sure. that that's that's why I want that's what I, I wanted to. It sort is speculative. Of, yeah, opinion. like 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 uh like uh like correct a, a little bit. Like we know that like a guy like Merkley last offseason thought that he kind yeah. of. Right. Because, yeah. Like, like we, we, we've heard enough about that through the grapevine, through sources, whatever. Right. But Chimileski, I'm not, not so sure about that. If, if he, if mm-hmm. he thought that, uh, if he did think that, I don't know if that was justified for him to think just like with Merkley, uh, just because you're drafted, uh, you've been in an organization for a long time mm-hmm. and you've been productive at the AHL, that, that yeah. means that you're, you're, you're marked a spot with the Sharks. Um, Chimileski was not a better center last year than Sturm, than, even Bonino, I don't think. No, uh, and, cer- and certainly not Kator and Hurdle. And so, uh, so those are your top four centers there to start the season. So, sure, uh, yeah, you can so play wing sure. too. You can play, you can play wing too. Wing. Yeah, but uh, so anyway, I, I have questions. I'm not, I'm not ruling it out that mm-hmm. that that he's improved his skating. But um, if yeah. you have, if you have watched his games, uh, any of you guys, uh, yeah. that's what I'll be looking at to see if that's improved. I don't care about the points he puts up at, at a inferior league, to be honest. Like, yeah. like well, I think it's still a good sign, right? That he has some, like enough well, offense of talent. To well, of do course, it, but, of course, yeah. it's better to have forty points better than, than nothing, 20, right? Yeah, but yeah. but that's the tool that needs to translate. Yes, and if, if that doesn't, if that doesn't look any better, then mm-hmm. yeah, then he has. I watched, teams, uh, yeah. I watched Chimileski at two points last year, and the the mm-hmm. point one was. Um, October 2022, and he still had very, very poor skating. Mm-hmm. Um, he was faster than I remember him, but not like his acceleration was still very poor. His top speed was better. His balance was poor. His stride was bad. <laughs> he um, just did not look great. And then I watched him again when when he was with like towards the end of the year with um, Shakir. When I watched some tape of his, when I watched Muga Doolin's tape, still bad. I, I don't think it's improved enough that at that time maybe this year it has i haven't really watched maybe this year. i mean he's young enough that um, i'm not i'm not i'm not uh ruling it out um mm-hmm. i do know that he has been i'm not i don't want to discredit i mean he's been very very good there like i i, yeah. I talked i talked with the with the russian scout over there because i just was curious about some of some of these these things mm-hmm. I, that we've been hearing about chimileski here and he, you know what he told me was glowing about chimileski that he's a game changer there um mm-hmm. and i i can i can buy it um but Again, though that, that, trans, that translation in NHL being a game changer in the, in the KHL does not sure. auto, automatically make you that, or even close. Doesn't even make you an NHL player. <laughs> Might not. So Might make yeah, you a former NHL player. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talk about guys like in the past, Gusev, right? That mm-hmm. had a lot of hype. Uh, 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 Shipashev is the 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 Vegas guy. Uh, I I can't believe I, I forgot his name because I think it's Shipashev. Yeah, Shipashev, right? Vidim Shipashev. I can't believe I can't remember. He's that Svedim. he was the cutest story that my first year covering the Golden Knights. That, that so yeah, I've, I've, I've actually forgotten how to say his name, Shipashev, right? Yeah, that um, was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so and so uh, 
<clears throat> the KHL yeah. NHL uh, sort of relationship has been littered with stories like this. So, uh, yeah, so I think people we'll like glue on to certain stories like Alexander Radulov who went over and came back, but he was also like a super high pick and like, <laughs> yeah, Radulov like, was at like a lottery pick <laughs> and yeah, he only was, went over for like, yeah. like not because he wasn't good oh, he enough. He was over for because, a while. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. But he only went over because like, mm-hmm. I don't there's something to do with Nashville. It had nothing to do with like, he yeah. wasn't good enough though. Right? Exactly. So but Radulov people, is, is an awful example of that because that's not close exactly. to the same thing. So yeah. And people, but people equate that. They're like, well, Radulov scored at, you know, whatever this rate. So then, but it's like Radulov's like an actual NHL. You know, yeah, again, you gotta look at the, the, the different, different tools, right? Yeah, yeah the different yeah. tools that that translate, and so. Um, yeah, and also, so, the KHL was a lot different eight years ago than it is now in terms mm-hmm. of its um its uh, uh, depth uh, currently in terms of its actual superstar talent right now. So you gotta think about that too. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, like Radulov again, yeah, like he was an NHL talent from sort of the beginning. From, from I mean, day one, yeah, yeah, day day one kind of, and so he went over there, he put up points, and he came back. He put up points, you know, that wasn't a surprise mm-hmm. because he was big, and he, uh, yeah, he he was very skilled and and all that kind of stuff that that stuff that translates, right? So mm-hmm. anyway, so but anyway, but the point is, um, there's interest, which mm-hmm. is uh, kind of spawned the question, and we tried to do a little bit of digging of how much. Do you see my face? I, I don't know if there's some fishing there. I'm not really sure. <laughs> mm. But yeah. how much is is this worth? And I think people are, are going to be like, whoa, there's a rumor that Chemlevsky is going to get traded, so we're going to get a lot back. And I don't think so. I think no. this is going to be like a late-run pick kind of thing. If you do like, get it, yeah. But then also, too, the team that's acquiring him, like, uh, what's his role going to be? Mm-hmm. Right? What are, you, what are you earmarking for for him, right? And um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah. So it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to say what uh i don't think it's game has grown enough that he's going to be in your top six i don't think anyone's expecting that right and he's not also not fast enough even if there was improvement to be at the play at the nhl pace like that yeah like and then his game where how is it suited for your bottom six i mean it could be a smart player but I, I think I, he's responsible enough. I, I do think there's a playmaking center role for him. I just don't, I, I have to watch and see how much his speed. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I had to admit that, like I said, that I haven't really seen him the last couple of years, but uh, I definitely uh, was not blown away by what I saw with the sharks. I guess I'll, I'll put it, I'll put it that way. So I, there were yeah. things I liked, but um, I think um, on a bad team, he might be able to stick on a third line. But Vancouver is not a bad the sharks, team. So the sharks, the sharks have been a bad team for years, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he and he wasn't doing that right. So like, I he looked I okay know. though, especially in his last like little bit there. I, I don't think he looked awful. I think he, he had something like eight points in nineteen games. He he stuck around, and this was also in his three two three years ago, whenever it was. So if he's improved from that point, I think it's possible. Actually, I'm not ruling it out. I just. Uh, mm-hmm. um, don't you know, too, I, too I, I, I I didn't think it was some great loss at a prospect pool when he decided to mm-hmm. go to Russia, I guess, is, is, all, is, mm-hmm. is all is all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, try to recoup the sixth round pick that they spent on him. I think that's our goal. <laughs> that's what they should aim for is to you spend a six on him, get a six back. You always have those 10 points or whatever he put up for the Sharks. Yeah, uh, but I guess, you know, if that's all he gets back, a fifth, a sixth, or whatever, right, then that tells you what the league thinks of him. It's not like he's, like, we talked about Jack Stanika. Okay, that's sort of like, okay, there's a smidgen of upside there. I'm going to throw you a, f- a fifth or a sixth for him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if he's worth more than that, then then you wonder, well, why do the Sharks just don't keep him? 
and yeah. yeah and that could be a relationship thing like that that that's something that that I'm, I'm checking on to see if i if i get anything back on 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 that um but yeah 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 it it's an interesting rumor it came out of nowhere to be honest it like, is a I, little, I, yeah. I just don't worry yeah. i don't associate like kevin weeks generally and he's he's very good and he you know he has good sources and all that stuff but he normally the trades sometimes are like big rumors and stuff like that or contract stuff or whatever and just alexander chemilevsky like i don't know what do even really cares <laughs> like it's like fine i guess um i don't know it's an interesting thing i'll have to see um uh, i want to try and find a, a game of his um to watch and, and get like a little yeah little let us let us know i i I'm not going to go so far to watch any of his, his KHL games, but mm-hmm. I am curious if he does come back, uh, how he looks. And I'm open to being being wrong. And he's a really nice kid. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like I like talking with him. Um, and but uh, he, he was he was legitimately good when I saw him with with Mukamadulin. I will say that like he looked mm-hmm. good. He still looks slow in his sure. shoes, but he still he did look good. He was definitely like your 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 source said a game changer for that team. Mm-hmm. I can believe it, yeah. So I think uh, Mukumbulan is a great example, though, of like what you look for when you're watching games like that. You look for tools, you look for mm-hmm. size, skating, things that I can see yeah. that in NHL, right? And so it's not about production because obviously a Chimileski outproduces a Mukumbulan by two, mm-hmm. three times, right? Um, but it's it's those things that make Mukumbulan. That's why Mukumbulan is a top prospect, and Chimileski is you know, trying to scratch his way back to the NHL. Um, yeah. And so those, yeah, so that's that's what you look for. Yeah, the the points, I mean, honestly, Chimileski could score, ha- could score half the points, but be a more legitimate NHL-like possibility if his skating has improved two times, mm-hmm. right? Just for example, right? And so sure. he's, like, turned himself into a, a model 3C at the KHL or something like that, right? Uh, and, yeah. and, and the footwork has improved. That Maybe. that has a better chance to play in NHL than a guy whose skating has improved that much and is putting up points. Yeah, he um, and I do want to emphasize that he isn't like your the floaters like Blickfeld and mm-hmm. um, uh, Chekovich, where you can kind of tell just the way that they they play that they're never going to contribute in a meaningful sense, and because of the way that they generate offense is very floaty, I would say, and they just they're not good four checkers, they're not good defensively so you kind of know that that khl might be best for them um or yeah you know finland sweden whatever but yeah the chemlifts he's not that i mean he, he does play a more north american style of hockey i think mm-hmm. in general so well yeah i mean he he is north american so. yeah so he's, he's from here he's american he's american no i know i'm just trying to say like people will equate the two and and, and be like well no or, no no yeah. i i don't i don't even mean to suggest that like uh, jim Lusky, yeah. i remember being a bright smart player that's the yes that's sort of his earmark and he was uh he was conscientious uh, mm-hmm. uh defensively yeah. um yeah it just again uh, getting from point a to point b and uh mm-hmm. getting uh getting past people stuff like that that was more more of the issue so yeah and you because and like you could kind of tell when you watch blickfeld you're like <laughs> It's really funny how you play hockey. It just is not the way that it's ever going to make it. But it, it, you know, good for him for sticking around as long as he did. And I think he got into an NHL game or two. 
Yeah, he did. Oh, he yeah. did. He, he actually got he, suspended uh, for he injured, uh, taking Blakel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, McKinnon's head. I think he was. Uh, oh my god. I think uh, Blakel was an AHL All Star too. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but might uh, have been. He scored so many points. Yeah, yeah. He was he was good at the AHL level. Yeah, not... Wow, look at these segues today. We have AHL news right after <laughs> you mentioned the AHL All Star game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Good segues today. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think I, I think we can wrap up with Jolinski. We might get a yeah. round pick. We'll have to see where it goes. We'll see. You know, prove me wrong. I'll be I'll, I'll be happy to see it. So yeah, he seems like yeah. a good kid. So yeah. In uh, other AHL news that we have for this week, uh, Ozzy Weisblatt had uh, meniscus surgery. Um, it'll be out for about a month, as reported by Shang Pang. Um, anything? Any uh, updates on that exactly? No, uh, just another uh, a tough blow for for Ozzy. Obviously had that season-ending shoulder injury a couple of years ago, and has and it's just been a, a rough kind of go at pro hockey uh, since uh, since he transitioned over, and um, mm-hmm. uh, this year hasn't uh, really taken taken a huge step forward. He was starting to show some signs at the end of last year, but um, yeah, uh, I, I think I I, I, I think um, that. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's gonna, he's got a couple of years left in his uh, ELC, uh, this year and next year, but obviously time is running out for him to, to make a, a big impression on the sharks. Now, Ozzy's kind of an interesting guy. Cause you're right. It's not like he, he hasn't really had the progression offensively, even from right after he was drafted. I think he had a decent draft plus one year. Then his draft plus two year was very poor offensively. It hasn't translated offensively. So you have to basically mold your game into, what are you going to be after that if you're mm-hmm. not going to be the scorer? And maybe because Ozzy's so pesty and he hits pretty good that he was going to turn into that. Um, but, you know, it. I don't think that that's been... He's not, like, taking over games in the AHL, even with, like, the pestiness. Um, yeah, so. I mean, the part, part of the problem is that he is, he is smaller, which matters mm-hmm. if you're going to play that grinding um kind of he's going to be sort of a fourth line pass that's a use that can be useful in its way fourth line disturber but um you would like to see more uh, more ahl production because then you you uh you try you when you translate to angel you know that ahl production is going to drop but it kind of shows that the ahl production shows that he's got some some sort of skill, like uh, pro level skill and that sort of thing, right? Like a decent mm-hmm. amount, and we don't quite see that with Ozzy yet. And yeah. so, you know, a guy who scores, uh, who averages, you know, point two five, not even point two point point two points a game at the AHL level. What's he going to average at NHL? You know, no, uh, nothing, nothing, right? Yeah, pretty much, right? And mm-hmm. so that that's not too too useful. And then uh, the the smaller mm-hmm. side uh, matters because he throws his play. I'll give him credit for that. He he's a he's a big hitter. He's yeah. uh, he's uh, he's annoying as hell to play against. Uh, if you remember <laughs> the, our interview with Jason Demers, he talked about annoying. Yeah, how annoying Ozzy was to was was to play against, and that's yep. that's great and all that stuff. Uh, but then if your your body wears down um that then that's 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 a question that if, if his his body can hold up um against stronger bigger faster players in the nhl and mm-hmm. so we are i think getting a point where we're, we're obviously we can rule out like a big offensive future for him likely i mean maybe he turns it around you never know he's still young um but uh likely we're not going to see him in a, in a middle six angel angel role uh, ever um no. but uh is a fourth line possible like you like you mentioned guys can Go just with that. I think uh, Adam Raska just made his Minnesota Wild debut. Uh, yeah, not that games. Yeah, not that he's going to be. A, I don't know if he's going to be Angel regular, but 
Uh, mm-hmm. Nonetheless, though, you can you can carve out a future that way. But like I mentioned, the, the the other things here, though, that you'll still like to see a little more AHL production there, just a, more of a greater demonstration mm-hmm. that he has the puck the puck skills to play the NHL. Because yeah. I, we saw the same with Rasko, actually, right? Great attitude, sure. uh, annoying to play against. Uh, better hitter, actually. Maybe but... better, yeah, he'll hit you everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But he didn't have a lot of puck skills at the NHL level, and we could we saw that all the way back in the AHL at a lower level league that he didn't have a lot of puck skills. Yeah. Um, I think Ozzy does have more puck skills than 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 Raska, but I don't know if he has a lot more though. And sure. um, so yeah, so so yeah, so we'll that see. Way in, in in juniors too, because I did a uh, a prospect video on Ozzy after his mm-hmm. in second year um, after being drafted, and it was he just doesn't have a, a lot of um, he he holds onto the puck for way too long, and he it, when he when he's able to in the AHL he can't even really hold onto the puck, but when and in the junior leagues he would just hold onto the puck and kind of never connect plays in his brain, and he would just kind of go around the ice with a puck and wait to, to lose it essentially, or give it up to, to no one. Yeah. Just I mean, never connected play as well. Skates. Well, can attack the middle, well. right? That's sort of a mm-hmm. trademark is to, to carry the puck, right. And, and, and attack the middle and he can do that. I saw that. Uh, I saw that, uh, the game that I was at a, a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, he can, he's but just, there's nothing is, is pretty good, but then nothing happens. Yeah. Nothing happens <laughs> from there. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so, so yeah, uh, that was so, a uh, that was definitely a hallmark of that draft for Doug Wilson Jr. was transition guys, guys that can carry the puck. Um, some of them have worked out, some of them haven't worked out. Yeah, uh, I don't know if any of them worked out, but we'll see though. There's, there's except still... for our NA- AHL All Star Daniel Gustin. He's yeah, <laughs> there's a good transition. Yeah. <laughs> there's a good transition as well. Yeah, um, and the just... AHL All Star from last year, Thomas Bordalo, right? So the yeah. jury's still out on, on on both those yeah. guys, but. <laughs> This is true. And it is gross because the 2020 draft for a long time has been like the the sticking point for people about the Doug Wilson Jr. era. The the thing like, okay, this is the draft that like is gonna load us up. It was all forwards that draft. We got Raska and Co. and we've got um uh, Adam Young and or Alex Young and we've got um Ozzy and there were a lot of a lot of picks that draft too, right? Because I think it's the previous of, years uh he didn't have a lot of picks because they had traded all, mm-hmm. all yeah the year before uh his first pick was 48 uh, uh in yep. the second round uh artemi kenyazev they only have five picks in the 2019 draft they only had six picks oh no it's five also in the 2018 mm-hmm. draft the ryan merkley draft but then mm-hmm. uh they had what nine in the 2020 draft the, the COVID draft so sort mm-hmm. of a, a reload uh, to the system and like I said, uh, the the book's not closed on Gushin and Bordalo, and they both uh, both have. Uh, um, uh, I think uh, I think they 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 both have NHL caliber talent, uh, yes. but obviously there's a lot of holes in in their game, so we we're we're not sure about their futures. Um, but yeah, so anyway, though, no, but it's it's interesting though. Yeah, that that draft is sort of. Uh, the, I don't know. The Lynchman. It was like Harold is like, oh, you got to wait out for the 2020. Yeah, this, yeah, this is the one that 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 uh, can can change the the Sharks' fortunes or the Sharks' future. And yeah, it hasn't quite done that yet. Not yet. Um, but I am super excited for Daniel Gushin, obviously, because I love the Daniel <laughs> Gushin, and I'm going to hype him up whenever I can. That he, you know, congratulations to him. He has been the Barracuda's best forward, and that's something that like. It, Yes, it may or may not um, translate to the NHL ever, but it's something that I don't think people 
thought would be the case uh, for Nidal and Gushin, like with Bordalo coming in and, and even guys like Co, who had great OHL seasons. Yeah, and he's big draft. and fast. He's yeah, big so. and fast, and people are right, like, oh, right, that guy's right. going to be the the leader for the. And it's like, no, I think it's still Daniel Gushin who, who might be the most uh, at this point. Um, and Bordalo's been injured, so kind of tough to say. He's had some NHL time too, so. Um, but I'm just very happy for Daniil. He's looked good most of the times that I've watched him. Some games looks better than others. Some games he he really does look like he takes over at this level, which is what you want to see. Yeah. Uh, um, and then some games he's a little bit off, but he absolutely uh, deserves to be the the mm-hmm. all star of the team. Um, he uh, when kind of uh, they need a goal, that's that's the guy. Or that's they need the they, they need they need some offense. That's the guy that they turn to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's, it's funny because I, I look at the, whenever I watch Barracuda games, I still think Cardwell might be the most, like, has a chance to be in an NHL lineup kind of guy. And that's, it's interesting to me. I Just think, I think he's had a nice, uh, nice, nice, uh, a pro, uh, mm-hmm. pro debut here. So yeah, I, I think he's a guy that, that can work out, uh, from that, yeah. from that, from that draft or the 2021 draft that's a year later, yeah. but that can it's work out. a 2020 guy. Cause they're all in the oh, sure. overager. Sure. Yeah, sure. So sure. They're all the kind of the same age, but. Um, yeah, people would probably would not have pegged that after like Ozzy and Bordalo and all that stuff. But, sure, sure. Interesting how prospects work out. But um and it's in and it's in San Jose, so this is gonna be a an amazing time for Daniel Gushin, who scored tonight, I think, as well. Are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna uh come uh uh in your seventy five jersey to the All Star game? Need to. Uh no, I'm I might I might get a Daniel Gustin jersey or some sort of Barracuda jersey, I think. Uh, my writer um, Nikita, he's working on a Gushin story, so so I'm excited for that to come. It. If you if you guys enjoyed his uh, Mukuma Dulin and his uh, Romanov stories, yeah, I think uh, mm-hmm. there's some good stuff coming from him. Yeah, but we've talked about Gushin enough, and I'm sure we will talk about him after the All-Star game too and see how he does and all that. But, uh, all right, this is our last topic before we get into the, the Chris Peters interview, uh, which is, again, amazing. Everybody should watch it. But uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about Quinn. What do you have to say about Quinn? I just have been thinking about this a lot. And uh, obviously on the Sharks' uh, 12-game losing streak, a lot of fans, uh, a lot of people talking, oh, how does guy keep his job? How um, All that kind of stuff, included. right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's that, and that's understandable, too. Double-digit losing streaks. Um, that doesn't the happen. the worst hockey I've seen the Sharks play ever. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that's 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 true too. Some of these games have indeed been the the worst Sharks hockey that I have seen. Even mm-hmm. uh, you know the Sharks haven't made the playoffs in in uh, four years. Now going to be five years, and that this year has been the the worst uh, hockey that 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 I've seen uh, for sure. Can't can't uh, can't question that. And I mentioned earlier uh, they're on a pace to be the worst uh, um, the the worst the worst team in the cap era uh, in terms of points percentage. And this is an era where it's easier to get points because every, you know, there's, there's no ties. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, and there's also overtime losses that you didn't get, you didn't get points for losing overtime 30 years ago. Um, yeah. But anyway, though, uh, <clears throat> what I, what I thought about though, is uh, first that if you talk about uh, keeping or, or, or firing Quinn, I think uh, one of the things that that I think I mentioned that there's two questions that 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 uh, that I, I I'm going to ponder and that if that if that I would suggest that 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 you might think about um, is first how good did you think these sharks were going to be this this year's team that's number one question and number two 
Um, is he the right coach for the rebuild? Mm. And the reason why these two questions come to mind is, first, how good were these Sharks? If you thought this Sharks team was going to be a playoff team, not that anyone did, I'm just saying if you thought this team was really going to be a playoff team, then of course you want to fire Quinn because they're they're gonna they're they're gonna be lucky to, to get 50 points this year. <laughs> and you know, playoff team is a 90 point team, so he's gonna be 40 points behind that pace, right? Yep. Uh if you think that this team is a 70 point team, um, then there's an argument there too, because this team is obviously gonna struggle uh, uh, uh for that, uh to that, right? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> before I, I get to my my thoughts about how good I thought, how good, you know, I, yeah, the, I thought this team was going to be or whatnot. Right. Uh, then important in terms of the, whether or not he's the right coach. So you got to think about when, when Greer hired him, I think Greer knew what he was uh, about to do, even though he, I don't think he was quite, um, he didn't quite say it uh, in his press conferences when he first got hired, but I think he knew that, that he was taking the sharks into a rebuild. Mm-hmm. And he did that with trading Brent Burns uh, immediately, right there, right. Uh, shortly, shortly after he got after he, after he got announced, and all the moves since then, the the moves that are sort of the clear lines between you're trying to win and you're, or you're trying to rebuild. He's taking the rebuild path every time. Um, Carlson, Meyer, all that stuff, right. And the main reason why guys like Vlasic and Hurdle and Katora are still here is just their contracts. And so, so, uh, so that's that's not. I don't know. I think uh, yes, the Montreal commentator uh, a couple of days ago said something like, "Oh, the Sharks are still tearing down; they're not rebuilding yet." I mean, that's a technicality in terms. Um, they are still trying to kind of tear down pieces or, or take pieces away, um, but they're definitely in a rebuild. Uh, they're just sort of rebuilding around the pieces that they kind of had to keep because. <laughs> They yeah yeah like uh, pieces like 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 Couture and Hurdle and all that kind of stuff for contract reasons, retainment reasons, and also too, uh, I think they also want to have good players for guys like Eklund and Will Smith when he comes here. Guys guys that they can play with a little bit too. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway though, so when Greer hired Quinn, it was a long term hire. Is my point? Yeah. Right. That. Greer thought that he was hiring the coach that that was going to be the right coach for the rebuild. I don't know if necessarily Quinn is going to be a right coach once they're out of it, but for these couple of years and for you know when we think about a, a rebuild, <clears throat> it's not it's not really Quinn's job to to win games really so much. I mean it, it I mean it is, but it kind of isn't. You know, mm-hmm. uh, his job is more to make sure that he develops guys. Guys mm-hmm. like Eklund, guys like all the down the line, Bordalo, yeah. right? Guys, some guys will haven't been as successful as Eklund too. I'm not going to just name sort of his successes, right? But guys like guys like Bordalo, just guys around Gushin, guys like that, right? Thrun as well, Thrun. Thrun, yeah, Thrun is a, is a good is, is a good one too, right? Guys like that, right? So that's uh, even Ferraro. Ferraro's in the age age range of still. Mm-hmm. you know young right 25 right and so so i think i think that those were the <clears throat> that's that so that's that's more the, the the barometer if if you look at it like 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 greer i think was looking at it and so to fire quinn after a long losing streak is reactionary because what are you gonna do you're not There's you're no not trying to win a selling cup with this team yeah, yeah. um so i think i i think i think those are the, the two main questions 
And so to go back to the 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 the, the first question about how good I thought these sharks were, um, I know that in our sort of our bold predictions preseason that I I said seventy points plus, but I don't I again I know I know it sounds like I'm I'm backtracking, but like I and I said it like shortly thereafter, like. It was sort of just like a, uh, I said on a lark. I, I don't know if I really thought it was a 70 point team. Yeah. Uh, maybe last year's Sharks was a 66 point team. Yeah. So. Yeah. I thought maybe there was a chance if everything fell into place, maybe. And that was yeah. uh, last year was the team, well, maybe 62 or 66, whatever last year's team was. That was with Eric Carlson winning the Norris Trophy and having Timo Meyer for two thirds of the season. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, um, but. <clears throat> I guess what 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 I'm what I am kind of coming to or whatever uh, a grapple. I, I don't know what the right right. I don't I don't want to over dramatize it because it's just hockey. Mm. But like like I might have been wrong. Like they actually might be worse than I thought they were. I guess like I don't know if I sure. really thought they were seventy point team, but I don't I don't know if I thought that they were going to be. I didn't think they would be this bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and the forty-six you know, point team, or whatever they technically are on pace for, forty-two. I didn't think they'll be this bad. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought that it would be maybe clear sixty at least, or mm-hmm. around the range, right? I thought that, and actually, some of the things I thought would happen ha- happened, but not enough of it, though. Like I thought that, uh, I thought that they would get better goaltending than last year because last season really was really bad, and and if they got this year's goaltending last year, they actually probably would be like a 70, 80 point team, a low 80 mm-hmm. point team. I don't know if they would make the playoffs, but uh, because uh, <clears throat> yeah, like um, I thought, I thought Reimer and Kakadin were really bad last year. Um, but anyway, uh, I thought the goaltending would be better. I thought Hurdle mm-hmm. would bounce back. Um, I thought Granlin would be good. Uh, I thought, yeah. So those are the things that happened, but a lot of things that I thought would happen didn't happen. Uh, Duclair, Barabanov, uh, and Katora, just by virtue of not being here, being hurt. Uh, so none of them have really contributed at quite the level that, that that I expected in my projections. And so that's half of your top six right there, right? Um, so that's part of it. I knew the defense on paper was was going to be the uh, one of the worst defenses put to paper uh, in, in, in modern angel history, in, in captain really history. Um, but it has been worse than, than, than even I thought, I thought they would be able to stitch it together. I think they have heard been hurt. Uh, I know that this is going to sound kind of, uh, kind of crazy, but I like Matt Benning and Matt Benning is an everyday defenseman on this team. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they, they, they they do miss a guy like him that actually can kill some plays and make some of the difference. Um, not again, not a huge impact guy, but it's kind of like we take Henry thrown out of his defense. Actually, Matt's better than Henry at this point, I think anyway. So yeah. that's my opinion at least. So, so, so yeah, so a meaningful, uh, defenseman, uh, that, that, that's gonna, that's gonna hurt you. Um, and yeah, their current, their current point leads leader in defenses. What for Kalen Addison with 12. No, and it'll be for our tonight now with 14. Okay. Um, what is Addison? Addison does not have any points. Unless 12. you come in. So, oh, that's a lot. It's Minnesota though. Right. So yeah. Is it? Yeah. 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 A lot of those points. Oh, he has seven. Yeah. You're right. I was. Yeah. 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 That's, that's not. Yeah. There's seven. Um, seven with the Sharks. Yeah, yeah, seven with the okay. Sharks, five with Minnesota, okay. and then um, so like the leader would be Ferrar with fourteen right now, yeah. overall. Right. Um, and, and I think you're right. They, they're missing Matt Benning for. I think they could dump a lot of responsibilities on Matt Benning that they can't on anybody else. At right least now. defensively, yeah. The only yeah. guys that he can dump defensive responsibilities on, even uh, are Ferraro, really just Ferraro and 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 Benning. You can mm-hmm. like count on them to kill a play, maybe. Um, yeah. And even like some of the puck moving responsibilities, they they can put on Benning, but mm-hmm. they can't now. So it's rough. Anyway, yeah. back to the point. <laughs> I mean, it's even, and I'm not trying to 
sugarcoat even with Benning, it's still probably be the worst defense in a cap era <laughs> but yeah. it's still it'd be still a little better though it'd be it'd mm-hmm. be definitely better still with, with with matt on it um but uh yeah so the defense uh they i just thought that they were going to be able to stitch it together uh some you know it's just something passable and it obviously hasn't hasn't happened um i like i i relayed this story a couple times i just think it's funny i think mike reared kind of knew it because one of the questions I, I looked at this roster and I was like, well, who's going to be your power play quarterback? Like mm-hmm. I could see this uh, back in, back in July. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked Mike directly in a press conference and Mike was like, uh, we'll see. We'll find out. Maybe it's Leon Gavanka. <laughs> and then it wasn't Leon Gavanka. And it wasn't anybody. It was Kyle Burrows. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so anyway, um, so I, I I think I think what I what 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 I'm coming to is that I do think I was wrong that uh, I thought I did think these sharks would be better, and mm-hmm. I don't think that they are because, like I said, the defense is as bad as I thought it was it would be, uh, but half of the forwards that I thought would be contributors are not, mm-hmm. the regular contributors are are not, um, and so that that's like I said, that's a big chunk of your offense because right now like okay you have Zerlin who's surprised which is great. Uh, I think Eklund has been about as good as I thought he would be. Um, Hurdle and Granlin have delivered. Um, but it, if you have Couture, Barabanov, and Duclair uh, uh, producing, then all of a sudden the team looks way different, right? That's um, Again, that doesn't make you a great team, but does that make you a, a, a 50, 60-point team? Maybe it does. I think it does. Yeah, it could, you know, but... Uh, but anyway, they're they're not around though, and so and so and so I think I think that definitely has has uh, has uh, has hurt them. Yep. Um, so I I think I think if I think of it that way, that that this Sharks team is really one of the worst teams in the cap. Like they really are. They're not that they're playing like it, but they actually are, right? Mm-hmm. And then I add that to well, is Quinn the right coach for the rebuild? And I actually tend to think that that he is. I know a lot of people talk about the young players, and I've gone through it so so many times, right? So I don't want to rehash too much, right? But once again, you know, uh, uh, Lafreniere, Kako, they just weren't very good players at 18 years old. And so uh, I don't think he did anything to their development that I can tell. And I can name players, uh, Buchenovich, Fox, um, uh, who's, a, who's a Fox's partner? I always forget his name. Uh, Lingren, 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 right? Uh, guys that guys that that flourished under under Quinn, developed under young players who developed uh, and flourished flourished under Quinn, and not just mm. a, a a surefire star like Fox, but again, Bucinovich, uh, Lingren, guys like that, right? Um, and right now we're seeing we're seeing Eklund, we're seeing Zetterlin, uh, we're seeing Thrun, and. Some people might might blame him for this or that guy not not succeeding some young player, but I don't see anybody that he's quote unquote ruined, uh, who's a young player on the Sharks. Um, I do think that like, yeah, you know, there seemed to be some disconnect with him and Gregor maybe, and him and LeBanc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but LeBanc's a veteran player, and so I don't really classify that same. And then Gregor is uh, is uh, you know a guy who can be maybe a, a good role player, but this is i i think that 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 the sort of the that the future uh linchpins of the sharks right let's call them that right which i don't know if gregor would have been at his best but guys like Eklin and thrun and mm-hmm. i think i think he's doing a good job and zetterlin surprised now zetterlin has put himself in a conversation which he wasn't last year 
Um, so anyway, I think those are the two things I think about that, like, um, uh, how good is the Sharks team actually? And if, and if you think the Sharks team is really bad, then what's Quinn doing wrong then? <laughs> and if you think mm-hmm. that he's a good coach for the rebuild, which I think is, was Greer's thinking that this mm-hmm. is a long-term play. It's not about, it's not about, uh, uh, 11 game losing streak or 12. That'll be again, that, that, that's you, you fire like. You fire guys that you fire guys that are trying to win Stanley. You fire Mike Sullivan if the Penguins start off losing the first twelve games because they're trying to win a Stanley Cup, of course. True, um, but it's a different expectation, and so I don't know if that makes sense to you. I don't know what, what you think about all that, but I think that yeah. that's that's sort of how 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 I thought about it during this losing streak. Mm-hmm. Like, um, um, is it really like? I think yeah. in my. Um my opinion there's a difference in my mind of the the two losing streaks and how they responded to them and how they were playing mm-hmm. in the two i think there were and, and you know both game both losing streaks there were games that they could have won or maybe should have won in quotes or whatever but i just the, the end of the first one was so shocking and so jarring that i, I would was actually like, argue the first one there wasn't a game that i would say that clearly should have won that they outplayed the opponent exactly you're yeah. right that it was so bad it, yeah, it, it was so it, bad it was, yeah like it was again the worst hockey that I've ever seen the Sharks play, and it it felt like they had given up on Quinn, and sure. that was the part that I didn't like about Quinn being there is that the sh- the players they looked like they gave up, they they mm. just they weren't responding in any kind of way to anything right. he was doing, and he was shuffling lines every game, and he was like trying to do things, but they were they had given up, and that's when I was like, okay, he he can't be the coach anymore if you cannot get anything out of Eklund, you cannot get anything out of Zetterland or whatever, where like they were still getting some things, but like. I didn't want that to continue the entire year where it's sure. like you've now wasted a whole year of development because of them. Whereas in this one, I think there's still, he's doing more in terms of, uh, it seems like they, they haven't given up entirely. Yeah. Like there's no, bad they games. Yeah. There's, there's really bad games, um, but they haven't given up on Quinn specifically. They're just, you know, they, they're not, they just suck. <laughs> they just are not very good. <laughs> um, and, and there is, there's definitely been some progression in players like, Eklund and even Thrun is looking okay. And, and there were times when he wasn't looking okay that now that, you know, there, there's been highs and lows in these guys that I do have a little bit more faith in Quinn being able but to. But Quinn has stuck with navigate. him too, right? Yeah. Quinn has helped to not just, and even like Eklund being benched occasionally, he hasn't done the thing where he benches them multiple games or puts them on the fourth line. Yeah. Like it's all been like. There have been like like half period benchings. I they've mean, been like I one think. period or half period. I don't even know they've whatever, been a whole but... period. I'm not sure. Maybe a whole period, but definitely so think, not even more than a period, though. Yeah. As a Sharks fan, I'm very used to like players getting benched for like games, like multiple games, or like LeBanc getting sent to the fourth line and never coming back. <laughs> but whatever, it's so different. You know, different things are like they were worse prospects, like in Ryan Merkley's case, mm-hmm. or they were at different times in Sharks history when they were yes. really trying to win games, like LeBanc yeah. under Peter DeBoer, right? So. Yeah, yeah, or even Boogner a little bit. Um, mm. But yeah, so I think I, I worry sometimes about it. But Quinn hasn't—he hasn't broken that trust really with me yet. So maybe I should have a little more faith in him. Like he's—he's he's put people back in positions to succeed at when they when they earn it. It looks like when they come back to play hard, you know. I, I mean, I would say that I, I think that if you look at this current Sharks team. The three young players I mentioned, I think, are expected to be part of the Sharks like for a little while, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Eklund, now Zetterlin, and Thrun. Yep. And those guys are all better players than they were, I think, last year or from day yeah, one better, th- yeah, this year, fine. I think. Um, 
trying to think about anybody else. Um, you know, Hotiak, I think, is kind of in between. I use, I use Adina. Zadina is a class, is my classic. Like, if he gets Zadina in the right track, then that's a good coach. That's a good coach. Mm-hmm. And and Zadina's kind of in the middle. We, you know, there's good games, there's bad games. Um, and so we'll see by the end of the season what we get out of him. But um, but I think I think that's a good barometer. Mm-hmm. Uh, good barometer guy uh, of, uh, of of the current group of uh, younger players on the Sharks. Uh, Ferraro, actually, too. Again, I think Ferraro does does count, and Ferraro, I think, sure. is playing his, his best hockey ever right now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about anybody else. Of course, we're going to talk about guys that didn't really uh, stick, like uh, like Bortolo and Gushin. But I honestly think they didn't stick for a reason. I don't. I don't. That's that's more I don't along even know the, if there was the ever really the a Kako... Gushin to to stick around anyway. It was more well, I don't like think a, he was good enough though. Honestly, too though. Like yeah, I, no. I, if Gushin was good enough to be here, like without a doubt, he'd be here. He had two games though. That would be my opinion. He needs a little bit more of a runaway. He had games last year. I don't know. I I think again that they, they two thought... games last year. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> I think if they thought that that he was there, they'd give him more run. I think they will after the, the trade yeah, line. Maybe, maybe at that point that the, they'll he'll have enough experience. It's a classic March hockey, yeah. right? Um, but but again though, if 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 he was Eklund good now, he'd be here though. I mm-hmm. do I do think that so. Um, I don't I don't and I don't think he is. Um, so uh, I don't think he's the uh, yeah I don't think so either. I'm yeah. just trying to defend Gushin because I don't think he had a long enough trial <laughs> of play because he's been good. Like he's legitimately taking a, a better step than this than last year i mean you're talking about the hl the nhl the nhl, NHL. oh nhl okay yeah he's yeah. been better at hl he's been better at hl so, um but, point is yeah but going back to just like young young players um i i think he's he's done a, a pretty good job with them i don't i'm not sure i'm trying to think if there's any huge like misses i mean like are you going to blame uh david quinn because ryan merkley didn't work out no, no. <laughs> right uh so yeah, I, I'm not really sure. Um, I'm going to look over it just to make sure I'm not looking at this with the rose-colored lenses. But I, I are, um, the people that have been through here, I, I think he's done a good job. Good job with. Um, uh, I think, like I said, only young, youngish player that you might question is Gregor a little bit. But you know, Gregor's ceiling isn't necessarily. I don't know if Gregor's ceiling is is that high to begin with, anyway. So. Um, mm-hmm. Gregor going off in one game last year cost us Connor Bedard anyway. So. <laughs> right, maybe maybe Quinn was was mad about that. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Gregor is now a productive-ish fourth liner for Toronto. So. It's okay, yeah, he's okay. But yeah. Toronto's a good team, so is so yeah. So that's that's, good... that's credit to to Gregor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah, think, I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking, looking, looking over. Yeah, some of some of the 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 Barracuda players or younger players that 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 have passed over through here, and again. I, I don't see I, I don't I, I don't I, I don't I, I don't see a, a coach that's ruining young players. <laughs> so no, and I, I think again the the difference between the two losing streaks is just one felt like very doomsday. Like sure, that was horrible, and then one you know it's bad, but not as like they're playing better hockey most of the time during that mm-hmm. time, and they had a few games there where they might have been able to win it, but yeah, that first one it was you know the worst goal differential ever in NHL history or whatever it was. Sure. It was, it was on the pace to be on pace to be. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, awful. So I think that's the bigger thing is you want to make <laughs> sure that the players are still playing for the coach. Even if you, you value some of his coaching things that they still have to be responding to him. And if they stop, then you have to fire him. There's just no, 
there's no other thing. Yeah, you're, you're putting out nothing on the ice. One of our listeners, Alex, asked me a pretty good question uh, 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 in in the comments like a month ago. Like, you know, why 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 can Tortorella do what he's doing in Philadelphia, um, mm. and Quinn can't do that with the Sharks? And just the the record, right? Because I think Philadelphia might be in the playoffs mm. right now. I know they're they're in they're kind of in a hunt, right? But yeah, you look at the team. The, the teams uh, are just different. Playoffs. Yeah, the teams are just different. Philadelphia had more to 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 start with they're they're 20 something level of players they have a deeper group of of good youngest 20 something players than 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 the sharks do mm-hmm. uh and along with uh the, some of the established veteran guys are pretty good like the Torrier and, and whatnot still around mm-hmm. right and um so the the flyers are just a better team to 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 uh to 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 begin and they with. actually have nhl caliber defenders mostly right 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 sanheim and and yeah walker's York. been pretty good for them right now they, they have drysdale now right so yeah those are three guys that that might be might be ahead of, of ferraro on the sharks right so so arguably yeah they um, yeah sanheim is the one i was thinking of and yeah they yeah. they just have actual players who can play d and then they have you know carter hart who's for all of his faults and everything, um, can be a starting goaltender. Yeah, but unquestionable kind of like number one goalie. I guess if you, mm-hmm. I guess like how much you like him, but like he he is a number one guy. Whereas like yeah. Rockwood came in the season with questions, Kakinen yeah. came in the season with questions, right? Um, so yeah, yeah, I I I I, I saw in a way I think there's no comparison just because um, Tortorella had a lot more to work with. So yeah, they're in a rebuild, but. Uh, they're doing it with a lot more pieces at the NHL level than the Sharks have right now, for, uh, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so yeah, but sure. I, I, but I, anyway, I thought that was an interesting comparison, though. It was a, it was an interesting qu- question that that, 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 that was asked. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I, I think, I think I'm still kind of waiting and see like whether or not should David Quinn be the coach, uh, you know, next year. Um, uh, still wait and see who, to how the team responds the rest of the year, right? Because they just had mm-hmm. that awful loss in Toronto um, and they responded in a good way against Montreal. But now, you know, this Ottawa game, obviously not, not a, not a great sort of continuation of what they're doing in Montreal. Um, mm-hmm. But there's 39 more games and it's going to be a tough kind of nothing to play for kind of right. In a lot of ways, it's uh, no playoffs, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, guys are playing to get on other teams <laughs> in Basically. some cases. Yeah. And so, yeah. and, and you got to get, get these guys to all play together uh, for the rest of the rest of the season here. And so we'll see how, how he does with it. There are going to be more bad losses for sure. Just some nights where guys don't have it. The best teams, they don't have nights like, like the sharks have when they, when they give it 10 goals, but they, all the good teams have off nights though. Yeah. Right. And so, um, the Sharks off nights are worse because uh, uh, way uglier because they're not a good team because, because yeah, they're, 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 they're not, they're not a deep team. Um, but uh, so the Sharks, yeah, off nights would be a lot worse. So there's going to be a few more of these um, seven, one losses, those kind of, you mm-hmm. know, uh, that's, that's not over this season. Yeah. Um, but if the balance of it though, um, like I would say that if the Sharks end the second half of the season, kind of where they were at from games 11 to 40 this year, which mm-hmm. means there's going to be a little bit of a winning uh, bump, right? And then there's going to be another double-digit losing streak, maybe. <laughs> that I think I, I, I think that that's probably good enough with this team. Um, I think I would give them another year. I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, right. I, th- I think so because I think he's been a good shepherd for the for the rebuild. I don't really see a question in my mind about that. And then this team's not um, very good. So yeah, I mean, unless there's some sort of direction change in the the off season where you're you're suddenly trying to win games or whatever, which I don't think is coming yet. And that'll be worse, um, yeah, because this yeah. team is not doesn't have the cap space, doesn't I don't, doesn't have any yeah. of that to I like agreed. to 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 change the direct. This is this is the right direction. And it just it is going to be, be painful. This is what a rebuild looks like, right? Like the fans, a lot of fans have been demanding it, and this is this is what a re- rebuild looks like. And it doesn't have to look like as bad as it did in the Vancouver and Philadelphia and Toronto games. But there are going to be games like that, though. I, I don't think mm-hmm. uh, uh, I don't think there's going to be any rebuilding team that 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 hasn't had games where they just were absolutely smoked. They didn't have it, and when you don't have it against good teams, you get smoked. <laughs> Yeah. You get embarrassed, you know, to be honest. Yeah, it's so. it's going to be rough because I, I honestly, I do think the Sharks are going to start playing a little bit better. I think the okay. I think the, the last two games have shown like a little and they're bad. They're bad teams, right? Montreal yeah. and Ottawa are, are bad teams. Right. Um, but I think they're going to play a little bit better. They have a little bit easier of a schedule. Sure. Upcoming than they did in the beginning. Um, so it's going to be tough to keep pace with Chicago for the technical <laughs> standings and, and get Macklin Celebrini, but. You know, it would be cosmic irony if we got second to last in the NHL and then still won the lottery anyway. So. Yeah, it'll be it'll be well deserved. Um, well yeah, deserved. It'll be well deserved. So, so ho- hopefully that that happens. Yeah, hopefully, or we all accept that Chicago's in the lottery and it's fine. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I originally I would be on train fire Quinn, mm-hmm. um, but I think throughout the season there have been bright spots, and I. I want to see how he does with um, some of the guys that get called up like Mugabadula and Agushin after the the trade deadline to really see um, what he's also going to be able to see what he's working with going forward. Too. Yeah. So. But yeah. So again, yeah. So on that question, uh, should he be brought back this year? Should he be fired uh, this uh, or should he be brought back next season? Should he be fired this, this year? Um, I think those are the, the two questions that I think are, mm-hmm. are worth pondering um, again. Uh, how good do you really think this this team is? Mm-hmm. And is he a good coach, the right coach for a rebuild? So again, you got to think long term with with that kind of stuff. I think so. It's not about a twelve game losing streak or eleven game losing streak. Was it ever some occasionally NHL teams will announce they've signed X, Y, and Z coach to this many years or whatever? Mm-hmm. Was it ever announced with that for Quinn? I can't remember. I'm not sure. I gotta look back on that. Yeah, usually some teams do that. Usually, yeah, that sometimes it's announced. Uh, 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 Pierre LeBrun often has that uh, has mm-hmm. that info because I think he knows like he's more tied in with like coaches, agents, and whatnot. No. Um, I believe that his contract is probably the standard, which is three years. So yeah, so so, year. so then, but then you usually don't want to have that lame duck year, right? So so. Mm. So I wonder if if that's that's important. Like this this summer, we get a sense of if there's any kind of extension or, or whatnot, you know. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it doesn't have to go into like uh, a season uh, again. Without you know, a, a lame contract. Yeah. yeah, without a contract the next the next year. So yeah, but it'd be um, hard to. I mean, yeah, who knows? To extend him during the the season where you have the worst season ever. I don't know. Yeah, you get you get some PR flack, but it's it's not that big yeah. a deal. <laughs> I mean, how long did uh Blasio last in Detroit, right? So mm-hmm. so <laughs> Yeah. 
I and I like Quinn. I, I do. I think his his post games are really open and and honest. And oh sure, yeah, he no, he's he's terrific. Insights. And yeah. I think he's done a good job of staying patient too, uh, in general, mm-hmm. right? You don't see you don't see him, um, just you don't see him flip on 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 his younger players, on his media, right? And privately, I don't get a sense that he does that either. Um, and so I, I, I think that if that's what you're looking for, like really for somebody to like kick chairs over and, and get Willie Mecklen going that way. Okay. Then he's not that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you want that guy to, to, to be sure. coaching a younger player, especially this day and age where that's not sort of uh, what people do as much anymore anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, if you look back, uh, even further back than, uh, than his NHL career, um, he has formed, you know, close relationships with a, a Jack Eichel, right? Um, I think Brady Kachuk too, he coached too. And so I I think that he has a track record with, with younger players that extends before the NHL. Mm-hmm. And it makes me again still 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 think that that uh the stuff again, the 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 Ranger stuff, a lot of that is, is just fan like just yeah. overblown fan stuff. And, um, and yeah, that, that indeed, I think I, I, I don't know. So, so, so far, so, so far that's that I haven't heard anything, 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 anything different that, um, mm-hmm. that, uh, that he's not a, a good, a good coach for these younger players. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Lafreniere is going to top out at like some sort of 0.5 point per game player or something like that. And, and Kako is like, who knows? Not right? good. But <laughs> so so yeah, I don't know. It, it does seem like it's just overblown Twitter drama that was uh, out there for a while. But yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. I mean, look at and another guy that people kind of sneak in there is Kravstoff. Look, look what he's done. Nothing. Oh yeah. Um, and then and then if you look past past the those high high profile guys, there's actually you start to see a lot of successes in in mm-hmm. uh, actually with the with the younger players and a couple of them directly attributable to to Quinn. Well said. And speaking of young players, we have an interview with Chris Peters coming up. I am all about the um, transitions today. <laughs> uh, I got it. This was pretty good. But uh, no, it's um, uh, a very good interview. Anything else to say for this week before we wrap up and get to it? Nope. Uh, yeah, it's a it, it is a great interview. Like I like I promised. Uh, uh, Chris gives you a, a real real uh, uh, opinion. It's not. Uh, uh, it, it's it, it's not. Um, I say it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not too sanitized. It's uh, I think a very sober. Sober is right. It's a very sober yeah. uh, look at the shark system, which I which I really like. Um, um, and so, yeah, I, I I don't I don't I don't like mm-hmm. I don't like the sort of the 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 prospect the fetishization the overhype <laughs> that sort he of does, thing. He does yeah. he does hype up <laughs> Daniil Gustin for a minute there too. So ah, we'll well, there you go. Right. Yeah, so he he know he knew how to speak to you though. He knew his audience. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, he already he he preplanned um, that thing. <laughs> anyway, hope you guys have a good week. We'll- Talk to you later. Bye. Chris Peters, NHL draft and prospects analyst for Flow Hockey and senior content creator, joins us today to talk all about the uh, ending of the World Junior Championship in Sweden. 
um, just last week. So we're going to talk a little bit about the San Jose Sharks prospects that were in the tournament. And uh, welcome, Chris, for the first time on the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. Not the first time. He's been a, actually a multi-time guest on the oh. previous versions. So. See, but I wasn't there, so it doesn't He's, count. Yeah. The, it doesn't exactly. count. Doesn't it does count. not count. It does not count. I So first with Keegan, and I'm happy to be here. It's good. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, yeah, it's been a whirlwind uh, 48 hours or so, but uh, glad to be with you. How long is the flight back to uh, to Iowa? And I have to imagine that it's <laughs> you're not a direct flight from no, <laughs> no direct, <laughs> no direct Scott from Gothenburg oh, to uh, Cedar Rapids, <laughs> Iowa. No, I I went uh, on the way there. I went through Frankfurt, Germany, uh, and then uh, and then I in Chicago, and then on the way back, I went through Brussels and then Chicago. So I got to. Uh, to go to Belgium for about an hour and then oh, nice. uh, and then come come home. But yeah, it was I think I think it's like something like seven uh, on the way back. It was like 14 hours of total travel time. It actually worked out pretty well. Um, but I think on the way there it was like 17. And I was like, uh, oh, okay. man. And then I got I got there about an hour, two hours before USA's first game. So I was like, right, right to work. So <laughs> and now yeah. you're back immediately. Now I'm back, back to work. Yeah, now, I'm back and right yeah, to work. Now back now back and yep, back to work. No. It's uh, getting to be the the busy season uh, where you got to watch hockey twelve hours a day. It sounds like, uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So so let's let's go in because I know we got a, just a little bit of time with you. Um, let's talk about the gold medal winning team USA um, and specifically the two Sharks prospects first that were on the team, uh, Will Smith and Eric Polkamp. Um, Will Smith, uh, he's kind of had a little bit of a What's well, got like a divisive tournament, but people have had differing opinions on his effectiveness this tournament. Mm. Um, how did how did you see from him? What did you see? How did you like his game? So here's here's the interesting thing about the World Juniors is, you know, the Will Smith is 18, right? So he is not a veteran of this tournament. Uh, he hasn't played in it before. He doesn't have any. He he didn't play in a World Championship. Like you know. This is the world juniors is such a step up from anything any of these guys are used to that there's got to be some adjustment period. Like Logan Cooley was great last year as an 18 year old, but he had played in a world juniors before, you know, mm -hmm. so he had he had played as an underager. Will Smith was one of the, you know, the last cuts last year. He got sick in camp, didn't make the team as an underager, but he was very much in the mix to do so. And so who knows what would have happened with with that. What I would say is that in the early stages of the tournament, he looked young. He looked young and he looked a little bit unsure, which is not a, something that we're used to seeing from Will Smith. And so, so that was that was one part of it. You know, he he didn't necessarily have that dynamic swagger that we're used to seeing him play with. And I think part of that was because the tournament was a lot harder. Like Norway actually gave USA one of their toughest games of the whole mm -hmm. tournament. Um, and that was their first game. And I think that that kind of put a lot of guys on their back foot right away. Cause it was a physical game. It was very intense, but Will Smith, I, I think if people were expecting him to be the lead, the tournament leading goal scorer or leading point guy after he had a record under 18 world championship, maybe you would be disappointed, but he had points in six of the seven games that he played in there. He had two assists in the most important game of the year. Of the uh, he had a goal and an assist in the second most important game, <laughs> and 
the thing is, is that he was playing in a role that was unfamiliar to him. He was essentially the third line center for this team. So he wasn't playing 18 minutes in the game. He wasn't playing um, his normal role. He was on the second power play unit. And that's no knock on him. It's just that they had older players that had been in this experience before that were a little bit better prepared. Cutter Gauthier included, who plays with them at Boston College. And, and they went with those guys more heavily. Um, I would say defensively, there are still elements of risk in Will Smith's game. Yeah. Uh, there are, he needs to have a better, he needs to have better defensive intensity, no question. However, would it surprise you to know that he was the second leading faceoff man in the entire tournament? Will Smith, who yeah. is not a big guy, who's not known for his strength. The faceoff is often uh, an area where strength Quickness, skill, all those things matter, but strength probably above all helps you win those draws. He had the second, he he won over 60% of his face-offs and ended up That's taking a lot of big face-offs. And and in the goal, in the goal that Zeev Buyum scored that basically put the game out of reach, they had they had actually had Gabe Perot take that face-off. And so it was kind of interesting to see, like, you know, it, how they use Will Smith in the face-off. Um, you know, but he ends up in the position to make the pass to Zeev Booyam, and then it's it's over. So I thought that he played at his for his age group. Like if you would have said, like I would not have said he was a disappointment, uh, even if mm -hmm. he didn't have the points that he did in the medal round. I thought he played fine. Like, did he did he wow you? No, but I think that's the standard that has been set is that Will Smith is this superstar in the making. Um, but he's still filling out physically. Yeah finding his game in terms of his competitiveness and intensity. And this was a game where time and space was not easy to come by, but he still managed to put up nine points in the tournament. Almost quiet, almost quietly. That, that compete and intensity, it seemed to raise itself uh, when it uh, mattered the most. I was just talking about the Finland game. His goal was directly based off his work, his defensive work, his back check and his forward check. If you look at that, that, that play. And so yeah. that's a, that's gotta be a good sign that, uh, okay. He's a kid, obviously consistency. That's always an issue for a lot of kids, but, uh, when it mattered, uh, when that defensive intensity was there, it made an impact. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think he made a lot of high skill plays. He made plays in traffic. He made plays at the net front. He made good decisions with the puck. I mean, I, I think we saw all the hallmarks of his game. Um, and, you know, I think that the the thing was is if you look at the usage, you could see that 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 clearly the coaching staff didn't have as much faith in their ability on the other side of the puck. Sure. So they weren't going to get the matchups. They were, and yep. and the U.S. ended up with the last change throughout the playoff round. So when he had when David Carl didn't have a matchup, he he didn't like, he pulled them off, or you know, so that that happened too. So it was it was interesting. It was an interesting tournament, but I I think that the thing is for me is that. You know, Will Smith, even in an, in a diminished role, had nine points in seven games. You know, as yeah. as as an eighteen year old, so that to me is is what stands out is that he always finds a way to make it make an impact. Yeah. Now he's got a little bit of a reputation as like a big game player, right? With like mm -hmm. last year's U eighteen, um, mm -hmm. yeah, gold medal winning uh, goal basically. And this year he's got a, two assists that were uh, like vital to their success for winning that gold medal. So. Yep. I mean, he stepped it up. He, even despite like a slow start, he he really did come on, I think, in the, the metal rounds. There's a lot of 
Um, I don't know. There's a lot of debate between Leonard, Perot, and Smith in terms of like who's the better NHL prospect that I think we're just going to have for like the next 10 years. But yeah, um, I mean, I don't, I, I think the Sharks should be trying to figure out every way they can to make a Sedin trade for Perot and Leonard. So yeah, that's right? all. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least Perot, I think Perot and Smith have such a chemistry together. Leonard is obviously just like, you could put him on a line and he'd be great because he's individually he, very good. Yeah. He's, he is so underrated. I think that Leonard is so underrated for what he brings to those two players. Um, yeah. And it's, it's clear how much they value him for sure. Yeah, well, if you're a Sharks fan, do you still feel pretty good about uh, Will Smith as your number four pick then based on what you're, what you saw uh, at the world juniors? And I, even this I mean, season. Yeah. Yeah. Season. I mean, I think the thing about Will is that it's always about a longer term projection. Like mm-hmm. if I'm the Sharks, I'm not signing them this year. Yeah. I'm I'm saying go back for another year of school, get stronger, get better, be a dominant player, play with your, you know, your two guys for another year and, you know, make, make the most of it, you know, cause I, I think that there's still development to be had there and, and, and that when he's most prepared and when the sharks are maybe in a little bit of a better position as a, as an organization to accept a player of his caliber and, and, and insulate a player of his caliber, then I think that that's that's ultimately the best thing. So I I wouldn't be worried about it at all. I mean I I really think that you know Gabe is always probably going to have more points. It's it's <laughs> just fun, but Will is going to have as much or more of an impact. Um, you know, so that's that's where I see that I I do view Will as as a as a primary driver uh, for yeah. whatever line he ends up on. Two more questions on Will real quick. First, I guess, is do you see him as a center in the NHL? There's also talk of like maybe he moves to wing. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting. And I think that'll be a debate. Um, The thing to me is he is a center. Uh, I think that his ability to drive play, you want him to have the puck as much as possible. I think that he can continue to develop the defensive elements of his game and increasing that defensive intensity and different things that that will allow him to be a better center. But I, I do. I think that the, this this tournament was another affirming moment that he is a legitimate center, um, that he can drive play and that he can can make things happen from the middle of the ice. And second question is, do you see him coming back next year for the World Juniors? I do, I I, I do, and I I think I think that if I'm if I'm San Jose, I wanna I wanna be patient with him. Um, I don't think there's much sense in rushing him, and I think that the opportunity to go back for an additional world juniors to be part of a, a national championship contending team at BC, if they don't, you know, maybe they win it this year, but you know, to, to, to be part of that, maybe to play in the men's world championship next year as well, different things that can kind of allow him to take steps that we saw like cutter Goche take this year. Like you, I, you look at cutter Goche's last world juniors to this world juniors, and you'll see the, the market difference in in his game. Um, part of it's the, the physical strength, but I think a lot of it is experience. Um, and I think I would, I, if I'm, if I'm the sharks and if I'm Will Smith, I'm thinking about arriving ready as opposed to arriving early. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I think that another year will allow him to arrive ready. I would guess too, that next, uh, next row juniors. And, uh, you can uh, tell me that he would project to be the number one center. And so that's, that would be a good, uh, sort of responsibility for him to take on. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think he would be, and I think he'd play. You know, he'd play the role that Cutter Gauthier had this year, um, and he'd be number one power play. And you know, that group would be 
critical to you know to USA success. And then the other thing is is too is you look at you know Will in in previous instances you know he he set a record at the under eighteen worlds last year in his second under eighteen world championship or tied a record tied Jack Hughes and you know really I think the expectation would be that he's a dominant player at that mm-hmm. next World Juniors um, and he can be. Love it. Um, real quick, we'll talk a little bit about Eric Polkamp. He had a mm-hmm. few games there in the uh, the group stage. Didn't really get into the medal rounds all that much. What do you think um, went into that decision to kind of have him sit for the last few games? You know, I think I think it was just in the end they were really uncertain between him and and Sam Renzel, who was going to be that that last right shot defenseman they were really going to lean on. And I think as the tournament progressed, the there were a couple of instances where, you know, they just had so many of the kind of guys that the pole camp is. Um, yep. And the one thing that I would say that I, that I think is going to be a concern going forward for him is, is just foot speed. Um, you know, I think that that was a marked, you know, check yep. against him on this particular blue line where everyone was really strong in the skating department, including Renzel, who's a six foot six right shot defenseman, as opposed to a five eleven right shot defenseman. But what I will say is that going into the tournament, I think USA had pretty high hopes that pole camp could be that 60 um, where, you know, he, and in play be, be an extra potential guy for the power play with his big shot, all those different things. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is he didn't play a ton, but he still had three points in the tournament. Um, You know, he, he did not play more than two shifts in the, over the last two games, which essentially was, you know, they didn't really have a choice. They, they had their rotation and he wasn't going to be part of it. Um, you know, but that, I think one of the other instructive games for, for him is they were down uh, Seamus Casey, I believe in the game against Czechia. And so he played more and he played well, um, you know, well enough against the Czechs. So, you know, the thing about pole camp is he's always going to be kind of that longer term guy because he's, he was a re-entry pick last year. Uh, you know, he's going to Bemidji State where he's going to play a ton, which I think ultimately will be great for him. Um, you know, he, he needs to round out his defensive game. He needs to improve his foot speed. And I think he needs to just generally improve, um, you know, just in, in a number of areas. Um, but that's what you kind of expect. I mean, the fact that you had a fifth round pick and a reentry going on this team um, is is a is a great thing for him, a tremendous experience for him, and now he can go back to Bemidji State and kind of be the guy there, and um, you know, with this experience under his belt. Everybody took notice of his point shot, and his, he uh, yeah, a he really great he, shot. He can hammer it, no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's talk I, a little. I, oh, go I, ahead. I, let me. I'm sorry about that. I asked Stephen Ellis this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Bemidji State Beavers, best college uh, hockey uh, D1 t- uh, team name out there. What do you think? I mean, it certainly is alliterative, and so I like that about them. Yeah, uh, Bemidji. I just like saying Bemidji. I just think yeah. saying Bemidji. Period. Is Bemidji fun. is great, right? It starts Fantastic. off great and ends with yeah, 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 with yeah beavers. beavers. Yep, <laughs> love it. Yep. Let's uh, let's talk it. about um, the silver medal winning team, Team Sweden, also featuring two sharks prospects. And Shang, you had one question, not about a sharks prospect. Yes. Right away. So, in, in my best uh, Aunt May Spider Man voice, when she discovers that Peter is Spider Man, what the fuck, Jonathan Lakaramaki MVP? Make that make sense, Peter? Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the tournament was in Sweden. Okay. And the and the MVP <laughs> is voted on by the media. And the mm-hmm. media at the tournament was predominantly Swedish. But one thing I will say, though, like Lekker 
scored so many big goals for that team. Sure. Um, and and you know was close. You know, close in points. I I voted for Cutter Gauthier, and even that was like. I don't feel like there was one player in this tournament that said this was my this was sure. my year. Yeah. This was my yeah. tournament. Not one. Um and uh so that was that was, you know, challenging, but um but Lecker like, you know, if being the leading scorer on Sweden, you know, the, the also those votes have to be in before the end of the gold medal game. Mm-hmm. So we get we get oh, until okay. the first period. Okay. Yeah, after the first period. Oh, okay. That's, so that's, like that's, if okay. yeah, like you could have, you know, like that's a, for the same reason that like you know Trey Augustine probably was the best goalie in the tournament mm-hmm. at the end of it, but he only played four games. So right. you know, like it's like, what are you gonna do? But yeah, yeah. so that was that was why that's why it happened. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for explaining that part of it. Like, I think the cons my voting that's pretty much like with five minutes left, or that goes pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. if, if my memory, I never voted on it, but I've been around when people have been voting on it, and so I believe that's the case. I didn't realize with. Uh, uh, with the MVP that it's voted, you said before the uh, before it's, or during uh, before, the first intermission. Yeah, yeah, basically before the end of the first intermission. After, once the second period starts, you can't vote anymore. So yeah, guys, uh, we're in 2024, guys. I think we can tabulate our votes. <laughs> we, so we, can, we, we did. We now. <laughs> we got it's it's been digital for the last two or three years. Yeah. I don't know why we can't just have it be that. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, that that explains it a little bit better because yeah, I mean you lose six to two in a gold medal game. I know you got a goal, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway, all right, all right. Let's go back to um, Philip Bistet. So <laughs> Philip Bistet, Sharks prospect from uh, the 2022 drafts. Um, he had a great season in tournament last year, like in the SHL. He had like kind of a breakout year, and then and then last year paired with Leo Carlson. Uh, but this year, both things didn't really go well for him. His, his SHL play has been down. And internationally, he kind of, uh, I guess I'll say, faded in the the medal game. So, uh, oh, what did you see from right. Beastad? Yeah, what yeah, did you see from yeah. Beastad? Um, nothing, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, that was that was. I would say he was probably one of the most disappointing players at this event, uh, based on what he did last year. Um, I think that there are some tremendous physical tools that he has, mm-hmm. um, and he didn't he didn't use them enough. I mean, you know, like he. He he got he got beat on that first USA goal in the mm-hmm. in like he 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 completely lost Gabe Perot on that play and yeah. was and was behind him and um you know they couldn't like he should have been an eighteen like with Lecker Maki Ogren Oslin you know like those guys like they're gonna get their minutes more than him um mm-hmm. but man I, you know no points in the medal round um. Yeah no you know not a ton of shots on goal for a player of his caliber um you know and and yeah so i mean i'd say that it is a bit of a continuation of a disappointing season thus far um you know the things that i've been concerned about with him is you know i've never worried about the size the speed you know the 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 skill it's just is the hockey sense there from and for me that's that remains in question um Last year, I, you know, I, I thought he played really well. You know, I kind of like forgot how many points he had last year. And then I was like, oh, yeah, he, he was pretty good at that tournament. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think hats off to Leo Carlson on that one, too, because like they were yeah. they were very good together. Um, and, you know, now Beastet had an opportunity to do his own thing and he didn't. So that was that was a tough one. Um, you know, I think I think he was 
probably one of the guys that I wanted to see a heck of a lot more from in this tournament. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I, that's, go ahead, Shane. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, yeah. So let's let's get some positives out of the way then. I guess how was Matias Havlet? Did you like his game? <laughs> yeah, for for the most part. I mean, I yeah. think that like many of the Swedish defensemen, um, the US forwards just ate them up um yeah. in that in that game. And he was he was absolutely one of those guys uh that you know didn't have the pushback. Same similar with him, really good in the prelims, very average in the medal round. Um, and you know, he is a skilled player, but I have some real concerns about his ability as a 5'11 defenseman, two or 5'10 defenseman to defend size, to defend power, to defend speed. Um, yeah. and and so as a I like the player. I think he's a very intelligent hockey player. I think that he thinks the game very well. I think he can make a lot of plays. But I don't think he has the skill set to be a more than a six or a five, you know, with some power play specialty, you know, like that's because he has a bomb too. like he can mm -hmm. really fire it like yeah. he's got he's got a great shot. He has tools. He has traits. Um, But, you know, you look back on this tournament and you're going to say, man, we had that decor and we we couldn't get a stop when we needed one. You know, we couldn't we couldn't shut shut anybody down like because really even like the Swiss team gave him problems like it was it was it was a very weird tournament for that mm -hmm. Swedish decor because at the first few games they looked unbeatable. And then towards the end, it was like, ah, you know, like what they're not that they're not that. Um, but yeah, but that was so I'd say that that was a bit of a disappointment, um, you know, in the end, but I, I still think that Matthias Havlet is one of those kind of guys where, you know, you're going to have something in him. Um, you know, is he an NHL player? I think that still remains to be seen. Wanted to go back to uh, Beast uh, just a little bit, kind of a temperature check, because uh, last year, during the last offseason, we talked with scouts, and obviously Beast was coming off a strong year, and that draft he was in 2022 was famous for a bunch of Swedes just kind of going all clumped, Swedish forwards going all clumped together in the in the middle of the first on Lakaramaki, Oslin, uh, Ogren, um, and then Beastead. And at when I talked with people last summer, they would say, maybe I asked you the same question too. You know, in a redraft, does Beast go ahead of those those other Swedes? And most people said, Yeah, I, I think so. Because you know, Karamaki had a really tough season last year, mm -hmm. um, and so on, right? But uh if we do a redraft now though, uh, is Beast back to being fourth of, of that list? Um, I don't think so. I think he probably still would go behind Lekaramaki and Osland. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Ogren, I think it was another guy that kind of underwhelmed in this tournament. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, so yeah, that was, that would be like, the, that. that's the other thing about the redraft too, is you got to be patient with it. Like, sure. I mean, especially a guy like Beastet, like he's having, he's a little bit having a down year, but you know, some, some of those bigger guys are going to take a little bit longer to get sure. to their, to their top level. Um, and they're going to have ebbs and flows. I feel like, cause like, you know, he was just physically better than, than those three guys last year. But I mean, I would take Oslin's compete. I would take his. I would take his hockey sense, you know, and his skill. Um, and Lekaramaki has elite scoring ability, and he's also now playing back on more in a game that makes sense to mm -hmm. to me as a top player compared to what he looked like last year, which was 
hot garbage for most of the year, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. like he was bad at last year's World Juniors, too. And this year he came back. And I think that that's a great thing for him. But it also just goes to show you the ebbs and flows of prospects. You know, they are going to make sure. changes. So I don't think that this World Juniors defines Philip Bestead. I certainly don't think it defines his his NHL projection. I, I still feel very strongly that he has power forward um, written all over him you know, is we're just going to have to wait and see exactly what that ultimately looks like. How long he has to put everything together. Yeah. And it, it could take a while and it could take time in the AHL and it could take, you know, years in the NHL to get it right. But the, you know, you got to be patient with some of these players. And I think beast, that's one of those guys with the physical tools. You'll wait as long as you have to. So we have the the Swedish Eric Polkamp and Matthias Havlid and beast. That is going to take a long time, but um all right, let's move on to um, Team Canada. We had one prospect from the Sharks. We had Jake Furlong, who kind of surprised a little bit. It's like a defensive stalwart for this team. Did he turn some heads to his pro potential with this tournament, you think? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Tell us why. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I will say that he he handled himself very well. Um, sure. You know, I think that he, I think that, you know, he, he scored a goal in that game, but that, that last game, but you know, I, I don't, there wasn't any moment in this tournament where I saw, wow, you know, there's, there's, and, and sure. that's, he's not a defenseman that you would ever expect. Wow. From anyway. Right. You know, so, you know, I, I think even though he can point it up in the queue and, and different things like that, you know, he's got decent size and he defends fine. He's got good mobility. Like there's nothing that, you know, that we saw in this tournament that would suggest, you know, he's, on the track of, you know, NHL top four or anything like that. Um, you know, just kind of a weaker Canada defensive group in general. Well, I think it was a decent decor, but yeah, they didn't, I don't think they played up to their potential. You know, I think they were a problem area for the team and especially in the latter, latter stages of, of that game and against Czechia. And, but I mean, you know, you got to give them credit because they did keep giving them more. They kept giving Mm -hmm. them more minutes and more responsibility, more of a role, um, and yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think like, I think he's an NHL player. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to, uh, um, you know, be super negative on him. I just think that, you know, there wasn't anything that we saw in this tournament that wasn't already evident. I don't think. Yeah. He's the NHL player, but kind of one that plays on bottom pairings or maybe his replacement level kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, you know, I think he might be a little bit better than that, but I, I still think that there's you know, there's, he's not a guy that I'm, you know, stamping for the top four, you know? Mm-hmm. That's fair enough. I, I talked with uh, one scout after a tournament and he called uh, for a long savvy, but also called mm. him a long shot too. So, <laughs> so a long, I yeah, can, I mean, uh, like the thing know, is, both. is like, there's, you know, to be in the, to be an NHL defenseman, you have to have, you know, even if it's not wow factor, it's just got to be like something like, grabs you and says that's an NHL trait. And I don't necessarily think that I saw that with Furlong. Yeah. Uh, lastly, because that was our only prospect on, on team Canada. Um, <laughs> we, we missed out on Luke Kenyoni, uh, who did not get invited, but um, team Finland with Casper Halton. Um, besides Halton's shot, what else is going to get him to the next level in terms of like an actual projectable player because it seems like he's been used on the power play exclusively or extensively and that's about it including in london as well 
Besides his yeah. size, too. And size. <laughs> yeah, Sean Oh, size. okay. Then then I got nothing for you. Um, <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. Thing. So so here See, let I'm me tell make you, this hard for Chris. Let, let me let me tell you about let me tell you about like you know, as a player, um he is at times you're you're just uh, you see the size you see the shot you see where he puts himself on the ice and you say okay this guy's got something this mm-hmm. guy has got something there's something really good there and it's it, the thing is is that he is also a player when you see all of that and you say how come he doesn't do it all the time how come he mm-hmm. and you can't score all the time the thing is, if he's not scoring, he does not impact the game. Yeah, not 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 that. And I think part of it is a there's a very inconsistent compete level, which is really. I was talking to a friend about him when we were watching the bronze medal game, and are like, he is he is a very frustrating player to watch, mm-hmm. um, because he has all these tools. You know, like he's got the tools. Like I'm not like. It's if he puts it together, if he brings that, if he brings that edge, if he brings that little, um, you know, that, that just that fire, mm-hmm. I feel like he could be a, a, a big time NHL player, which is why I'm not going to write him off because sure. I think that he is, he is, a, there are special qualities in his game and the shot is one of them that, but he puts himself in good positions to score. He's very difficult to move with the size. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not super fast as you probably heard before but he is mm-hmm. he can move well enough for his size sure and and that's that's to me i feel like you know if he if he gets a little more want to on the ice <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bit get him a little bit more giddy up a little bit you know like just a little more fire and a yeah. little more snarl you're talking about a player that that could be a top 6 nhl forward yeah but those are a lot of ifs. And and that's the thing about him that I've noticed as I watched him. Because I still kept him as a first-round prospect last year, I think. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and look at my On rankings. The bubble, maybe. It was right there, yeah. Like, yeah. right right in that range. And, 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 you know, I think coming into the year, I thought he was a top 15 pick. But the more you watch a player, the more you can kind of pick him apart. And, and the thing was is that I, I still feel like everything – with him is all tied to compete level. And mm-hmm. so that's, and that's a concern. Like, that's the thing is like, that's, it's harder to teach. It's harder to pull out of a player. It's harder to, but, but sometimes maturity brings that out of a player. There have been plenty of guys that, that, you know, coasted on ability for so long. They didn't have to do that. Now he has to do that. I think he's learning that maybe he, he doesn't really have to do that in the OHL. Cause he's just bigger than everybody and he can do what <laughs> he wants shots. to do. No. Like, but he also wasn't doing it in the in the pros last year with with mm-hmm. um, in Liga. So, you know, what's the right spot for that? And so I think that the I think that the Sharks have a project on their hands with a lot of yeah. these guys. They're not polished, perfect guys. You know, I think of the people players we've talked about, the one I feel most confident about is Bstet. And you know, obviously we we talked about him having a bad tournament, but I still think there's a huge pro potential there. Uh, but Haltonen should be in that conversation. He should be based on ability. Um, but I think we're still waiting for him to to reach that that ceiling. 
Yeah, I got to say, I watched Halton in uh, the highlights uh, in London, and his shot is just like bringing a gun to a knife fight. Yeah, so it oh, yeah. great, but it's a knife it's fight. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a knife yeah. fight. So. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so. wasn't it, was it Halton last year that, that had like a dominant U18 tournament? Was it him? I think it was. He was yeah, I mean, yeah. And that was, that was you know, and he was good the year before too. And, um, you know, like that's – you we kind of expected that from him. It seems like any age, if he's in his age level, he's dominant. And then mm. he gets outside of it and it's like, okay, you know, he's, yeah. he's a good, he's a guy. This to me, I thought he played, there were, there were moments in this tournament where he played great moments where you didn't notice him at all. Like he, yep. that's the thing is a guy at his size with his shot and all the other stuff, he shouldn't disappear in the games and he does too often. That's the, that's yeah. probably my issue. Yeah, well, being last... on these behind the play a little bit and, and yeah just yeah lagging. for sure for sure well last one for me chris so thank you so much uh for your time i just wanted to ask you about uh, just in the rest of the shark system if any prospects have just stood out to you uh this year in in your watches besides uh the world junior guys um yeah you know i mean i i think yeah for for the for the sharks prospects um, I got to think about it for a second. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. So Quentin Musty obviously didn't make the, sure. the world junior team. He's still going to have an opportunity next year. I think he'll, he'll have a really good chance to be there. Um, you know, I, I think that he is, uh, an intriguing player, um, yeah. and one that, that will continue to be very, very intriguing. Um, you know, he obviously has to, I think, improve on the pace and everything like that with, which will help him. But he's a good finisher, and I think that there's there's a lot that I, I like about him. Um, you know, I think that Cam Lund is having a resurgent year at Northeastern as well. He did not make the World Junior team, didn't really even get close. Um, but I think that he's having a better season as a college player, um, mm -hmm. finding his way. I, I think that that's, that's a good thing as well. Um, you know, beyond that, you know, I, I think it's it's it was great to see – you know, Magnus Krona get a call up and, and, and stuff. I, I still think there's, there's potential in him, um, you know, in, in a, in a system that doesn't have a lot of goaltending. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, he got I thought you were going to say a system that doesn't have a lot of defense at NHL level. Well, yeah. that's, yeah, I mean, that's too. Yeah. It could, yeah, it could be, but huge but faith I, in big time though. He's got, yeah, this. but I, but I, I do think, you know, guys like that will still have, um, mm -hmm potential and i'm just also an unabashed daniel gushin guy i just I, not that i'm yeah. you know not 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 you know not <laughs> it's just he's just one of those guys where you know i saw him when he was a really young player and he was yep. he just had that tantalizing skill and you know it's great to see that he's he's contributed at the ahl level had some opportunities in the nhl and um but yeah i mean obviously there's still uh a ways to go for some of these guys and and that's the thing about, you know, with a position that the Sharks are in, they've got to be really, really patient. So, yeah. Gushin needs yeah. to be like six inches taller, 20 pounds heavier, and the dude is yeah, like a professional <laughs> hockey player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I'm sure that'll happen. Only those, tomorrow, so. only those things. Only those things. Yeah. No, I yeah. mean, he really is. I love Gushin. And he has that like it factor sometimes when you go and you look at that guy and you're like, oh, that guy. You yeah. know, like so he could take over games, especially you notice him. Yeah, you notice yeah. him at times. Uh, actually, I just thought of one very loud, very, very quick one. Maybe this is actually Keegan might have had this one too, but mm. we had to check with you uh, as the Sharks leading the draft lottery. So, Macklin's still your clear number one. Uh, no debate in your mind, or is there a debate? No debate. No debate. Okay. I, I don't think it's close. Um, 
That being yeah. said, I, I do think that the defense in this draft is very in, intriguing. Um, yeah. The the level of defensemen this year is so far, like, I, I think, you know, like da- David Reinbacher was the first defenseman that went last year. For me, he'd probably be the fifth defenseman this year. That's about right. Yeah. So that's that's what we're talking about in terms of so that's that's the the, the question is is how much do you value it? But to me, Macklin Celebrini is a game-changing center, a guy that's going to, you know, potentially win the Hobie Baker this year, be a, a big time player. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he decides to go back to BU for another year. We talked about that with Adam Fantilli last year. Would he go back to Michigan? It was certainly a possibility. Um, you know, and you think if you're the Sharks, what do, what do you want him to come into? Do you want him to come into that situation right away? Um, with a college player, I feel like you have a little bit more flexibility. So um, I, I still think, you know, what a story it would be if he did end up in, in San Jose. I think it could really revitalize the fan base. It could certainly revitalize, you know, the team in a, in a shorter amount of time. Um, you know, it doesn't give you the Connor Bedard level shot in the arm that you would want, but it does give you a cornerstone piece to your rebuild. So, um, and I think that that's, that's a, that's a great thing. It's, he he's a very like I I do feel like he's because he, he is following Connor Bedard he's underrated for this mm-hmm. year. Um, I think he's very special, and so um, I think he's a special person, special player um, with a tremendous background. And when he he puts it all together on the ice, elite competitor, high end skill, um, maybe not maybe not amazing at every like any one particular thing, but just really 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 good at all of them. Yeah. Um, and you know, Jay Pandolfo as head coach has, has like kind of called him like diet Crosby or like Crosby light. Yeah. It's, and it sounds stupid. It sounds stupid, (laughs) right? Like, like how could anybody be, but I do feel like that there is some validity, um, Mm -hmm. because Sid is not like you look at him and it's like, is he okay? Maybe he has the best backhand in the NHL, but what else? Like, what is, what else is he the best at? The and, brain, and I guess. Yeah, the brain could be. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that's yeah. But I think that Mac is 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 high end. So mm-hmm. yeah. So keep dreaming, San we'll Jose. Keep yeah, dreaming. we'll take it. Yeah. My uh, question is who is Mexican sugar Crosby then? Because that's the only Coke that I drink. So oh the, the <laughs> natural natural cane. Natural <laughs> oh, yeah. cane. Yeah. That that yeah, I, do I don't not I don't know. think that corn syrup shit. So yeah. I can't I can't I can't help you there. So all right. I love it. Um, let's, uh, anything else, anybody that you want to shout out from the tournament, any prospect at all that you want to talk about, but we should probably get you out of here soon. Anybody yeah, that I, not really. I mean, I think we covered it pretty well there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just think that this was, uh, you know, I, I think the other thing is like for draft people is, you know, Z Williams, uh, stock yeah. has risen considerably, um, had five points in the tournament for USA playing basically as a third pairing defenseman, but still getting good minutes and, yep. um, you know, he's all of a sudden we're talking about him as a potential top half of the first round guy as a sub six foot defenseman. Pretty good. So, um, yeah, so we'll see, but Sharks, I think that there's uh, sharks need yeah. a blue liner for sure. Yeah. They're well, kind of yeah. Thin. And he's certainly dynamic in that regard. And I think, you know, yeah, he's, there's a lot there. So. Yeah. All right, Chris, a- any, um, anywhere you want to shout out or anything you want to say before we get you out of here? Just uh, flowhockey.tv. Lots, uh, lots more stuff. And for putting all my postmortems together, have a few more world junior things coming out, uh, mostly on team USA and, um, you know, an all disappointment team, probably. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know if I, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to be mean <laughs> in the new that, year. I don't want to be a mean in the new year. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like it might yeah. be a few sharks on that list. Yeah, it could <laughs> be, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, but, right. but thanks for having me guys. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Chris. All right. All right thanks. thanks. Chris. See you guys.